On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Plaid Model S has set a new production vehicle record in the quarter mile, while customer deliveries of the Plaid S got pushed by a week. Plus, a Tesla driver helped capture a suspect in a vehicle-related crime that sounds like it came out of a video game. Tesla beefs up another major California supercharger and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It's your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for June 6th, 2021, episode 305. Daisy the Boxer to my left, and she is fired up as of now. She's been running around doing a little uh, post in her playtime, so we'll see how long that lasts until she inevitably passes out. But uh, it's good to have her here. I have our next follow-up for her. They're going to do another echocardiogram of her heart early next week. So I am looking forward to seeing, as of now, I'm looking forward to hearing what the progress is and hope, because hopefully it is progress and, and hopefully we're not just treading water or moving in the wrong direction, but it's been going in the right direction. Hopefully it will continue to do so. All right, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to a longtime loyal listener and hotline caller, Brian from Wapwallapan, Pennsylvania. I want to congratulate Brian on the delivery of his new Model Y. Uh, it's his first Tesla. He's been listening and calling in for a long, long time. So, Brian, enjoy it. I hope you drive it always in good health. Hey, one other thing real quick. I wanted to mention that this time right now marks the five-year anniversary of me bringing this podcast to Patreon. Obviously, again, as I always say, the podcast is always free. It will always be here for you. But it is five years on Patreon now, and the six-year anniversary is coming up soon. But I just want to stop at the top of the show and thank everybody who is supporting me, who has supported me. You know, as a quick aside, I purposely didn't start the Patreon until about a year into the podcast because I figured, that, at least to me, to for me to sleep at night, I needed to earn your trust first before I started asking you for your support. I know that I've got to earn it. That is not simply given. And I've done my best in these five years since uh, Patreon launched to continue putting in the work and doing a well-researched, well-informed, enthusiastic podcast that, that you can count on to be there every single week at the exact same day, exact same time each week. So, you know, if you've been listening for a while and you enjoy the podcast each week, I would certainly appreciate it if you did consider a pledge. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month, and even that will get you early access to each week's show in return. There are more, you know, there are higher tiers that uh, that stack all kinds of fun perks. I mean, your support, quite frankly, is what justifies the substantial amount of time and energy that goes into this podcast each and every single week. So, all I can really say is that I appreciate your consideration. Um, I mean, you can support me or just read more about those different support tiers and perks that you get at each of those tiers on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And um, I guess I'll just mention there are both monthly options and an annual option for people that prefer that. All right, on with the show here. First up this week, 
I thought this on this episode that I would be reporting on the Model S Plaid delivery event. Well, not just yet. That Plaid delivery event has been pushed back as of now to June 10th. Elon taking to Twitter to say, needs one more week of tweaking. So I would guess, since he did not specify, that that probably means something software related. So either the version 11 software overall, or my guess, if we're waiting on something specific, I would suspect that the smart shift functionality is still being tweaked. Because again, this is, this is a car that is going to uh, guess which gear you want to be in, whether you want to be forward or reverse. So uh, we'll see if that, you know, if we'll ever find out what the holdup was, if it's that, if it's something else. But anyway, uh, that would certainly explain why I had not heard about any invites going out by the time I recorded last week's episode. Although, as I record here late on Friday night, June 4th, I'm still not aware of anybody receiving any invites. So I'm a, I, Tesla usually sends out, I mean, they usually don't send out invites to events too far in advance, but again, even as I sit here recording, we're under a week to go. So I'm a little skeptical that this event is going to happen on June 10th, even that I wonder if it's going to get pushed back a little bit more. But uh, in any case, I'm sure I'll have some kind of update for you next week, whether it's, Hey, I was at the event and here's what what it was like, or I wasn't at the event, and here's what <laughs> what went down, or they pushed the event back one more time. So we'll be keeping a close eye on that, obviously, because, you know, this is a big deal, the Plaid Model S. Now, speaking of the Plaid Model S and being a big deal, it is a big deal because this past week, it set a new quarter-mile record time for a production car, and that time was verified by none other than friend of Tesla and world-renowned automobile aficionado, Jay Leno. The story I want to mention here, give credit where credit's due, originally reported by Drive Tesla Canada prior to Leno coming out and speaking about it. And Drive Tesla Canada uh, had reported, the time was set on May 11th, 2021, so we're just finding out about this now, at the Auto Club Famoso Raceway in Bakersfield, about four hours south of Fremont, it's, you know, it's closer to LA, I would say, than, than Fremont, but certainly within easy driving range, they could easily truck a Plaid S down there or probably just drive it. Because I had told you on my way back from Arizona, I saw a Plaid Model S that was charging up at Kettleman City. So they might have just driven it on down there. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Drive Tesla Canada had reported, according to a source who was at the event, the stock Midnight Silver Model S Plaid set an official time of 9.23 seconds in the quarter mile with a trap speed of 152.16 miles per hour. That handily beats the previous record of 9.4 seconds held by the Bugatti Chiron Sport. At a base price of $3.26 million, the supercar is considerably more expensive than the Model S Plaid, which starts at $120,000. The time set by the four-door electric sedan is also nearly a full half second, a half second, which is quite a lot in the quarter mile, quicker than the second fastest car on the list, the Porsche 918 Spider. So again, Drive Tesla Canada had it first, but 
They had to do so anonymously to protect their source. However, here is Jay Leno publicly confirming Drive Tesla Canada's report indirectly when he called into Spike's car radio podcast to talk about it. Take a listen to this. I went up to uh, Formoso Dragway in Bakersfield in the Tesla Plaid. I made one pass. I drove up, had the NHRA guys there to make it official. I turned a 9.247. Come on. At 152 miles an hour. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the... Wow. W- ask him 150 or 162? Completely stock. Wow. Was it 152 I mean, or 162? It was unbelievable. 152 or 162? 152. 152. Impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Motorcycle speed. Wow. Well, be careful. I mean, I, I mean and you're talking a four-door car with the air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I mean, very cool. You want me to send you the timing slip here? Yes. <laughs> we got nothing to do. <laughs> Just send it along. That's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it is. 9.247, 152.09 miles per hour. Wow. What do you think of that, Johnny? There you yeah, go. I think competition is great, but I don't know. I, to me, it seems like Tesla is seven, eight years ahead of everybody else in battery technology. So I got to yeah. go with that one. Yeah. I mean, it's just I got to you know I got to go with the guy who built the infrastructure before he built the car. Yep. I mean, to me, that's the genius. You know, when you're so confident in your product that you you know every major manufacturer makes electric cars. You can plug it in anywhere. Yeah. Okay, but. Not really, you know. I mean, I mean, when he was building, when he came to my garage in 2007 or eight with that Roadster, he told me they were building the infrastructure. I was like, well, all right, good luck. How many is he going to sell, really? You think, so? you know? And it's pretty amazing. So that's I, I got to go with them. Everybody else seems like pretenders to the throne to me. Now I'm sure Lucid is fine. I'm not knocking it. It's just that people keep bringing me prototypes. Well, you can't drive it. My favorite part of that was Leno saying it was a four-door car with the air conditioner on. You got to love it. You got to love it. I can't imagine doing a quarter mile in that thing at over 150 miles per hour. I have, uh, as I've talked about on the show, I guess it was, gosh, a good couple years ago now. I mean, everything feels like five years ago. But I had my one, I went with the, the club, did a club event at the drag strip up near Sacramento. And I it was a thrill. It was awesome. Uh, the, the Model 3 performance does it in, I mean, my car did what it was supposed to do, which was 11.8 seconds in the quarter mile. And I believe my trap speed, I don't know if the slip is somewhere. I didn't dig it out for this, uh, this recording. I should have. But I think it was like 108, maybe. Right about there, if I remember correctly, 108 miles an hour. And the Model S Plaid did it at 150 plus miles an hour. That is just wild. So that is going to be a thrill. If For those of you who are getting one, I recommend, you know, you got get get uh, your safety gear. You're going to need a helmet. You have to get a, a fireproof, I think, jacket at least, like a, a top. But it's a thrill. I mean, you know, just got to... Grip, have a good grip on the wheel, keep it straight, 
but it is fun. And I can't imagine how much fun that's going to be in a Model S Plaid where you're getting off the line in two seconds, zero to 60, and then you're getting up to 150 in the quarter mile. That's going to be a thrilling 9.24 seconds. Great stuff right there. Next up this week, a Tesla driver helped lead to the arrest of a man suspected at shooting BB guns, well, shooting BBs from a BB gun from a highway overpass at perhaps, this is, you know, just got to, this is all accusation for now. There's no proof. No, nobody's been found guilty yet, but uh, somebody has been shooting at dozens of cars with a BB gun on a Southern California freeway. And the police think they have their man in due, uh, in part to a Tesla driver. I want to thank longtime listener and Patreon supporter Jason Chalukas for sending me this story from the, the Press Enterprise publication, who writes, An Orange County man was charged with three counts of attempted murder in connection with the gunfire that shattered the window of a car with three occupants in it in Norco this week. And investigators believe Jesse Leal Rodriguez fired at and damaged at least six other vehicles. Rodriguez is the man who was arrested after several motorists on the 91 freeway near Tyler Street in Riverside reported that their windows were shot out. Soon afterward, police located Rodriguez driving his maroon Chevy Trailblazer, which matched the description of the suspect vehicle from Norco, and arrested Rodriguez, a Riverside County District Attorney's Office news release said. Now, here's the part that's relevant to this podcast. It's how they caught him. Earlier that day, around 1.30 p.m., a Tesla with three occupants was shot at with a BB gun in the area of Hamner Avenue and Hidden Valley Parkway in Norco. The Tesla's video system filmed a maroon trailblazer in the area. The victim reported the attack to the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, which notified the CHP, uh, the DA, according to the DA's release, quote, Shooting at moving vehicles with a BB gun or pellet gun while traveling at high speed on our roads or freeways is incredibly dangerous, said Riverside County District Attorney Mike Hestron. Quote, shooting out the windows of cars could easily startle drivers in traffic and cause a major accident. We are all relieved that no one was seriously injured by these crimes, end quote. And here's the penalty portion. If convicted as charged, Rodriguez faces... <clears throat> 57 to life in prison, according to the Sheriff's County press release. Now, let me first say that I wish all cars had built-in dash cams the way that Teslas do. Now that so many cars out there, more and more cars, have camera systems. I mean, not even you, you don't even need to necessarily have a, a camera system all around the car the way that Teslas do, but many cars have forward-facing camera setups. So I hope more and more cars and car companies start implementing this because it's just like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But for the time being, word is going to continue to get around that Teslas are recording all the time, whether they're driving or whether they're parked. And as for the suspect, if he indeed did it, if he is indeed found guilty, all I can really say is two things. One, why? I mean, this, it's not only dangerous, but it's just cruel. It's cruel. I mean, this is something, as I said at the top of the show, it's like you've been playing Grand Theft Auto 
and think, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to go out and do that in real life. I'm just going to go just post up on a freeway overpass and with my BB gun and just start shooting. I mean, that's it's I don't understand the mentality there. But the other thing that I'm a car person, I mean, again, the the, the potential for accidents and, and injury and potential loss of life that's far and away number one. Don't get me wrong there. I mean, this extremely dangerous what the suspect is alleged to have done. But the other thing that I want to say as a car person, lifelong car person, uh, well, if you listen to episode one of the show, you know that my passion for cars goes goes way back before Tesla. And honestly, I, cars to me, it they are... Almost always, I mean, they're usually someone's most expensive possession outside of their their home, and no matter what kind of car you drive or how much that car costs. I mean, cars are expensive. They are uh, just a very pricey piece of, of our lives. And to me, it's just, come on, show a little respect for what people work really hard for, which are those cars, again, regardless of how expensive they are. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad nobody has been seriously hurt by this person. Uh, again, allegedly this person by somebody. And, uh, yeah. And <laughs> if you can't show a little respect for what people work really hard for in their cars, then basically it kind of comes down to the old saying, I've seen this on the internet and I think it's pretty funny and well, pretty apt, honestly, play stupid games win stupid prizes. 57 to life's a pretty stupid prize for taking pot, you know, potentially dangerous pot shots from a freeway overpass. That's uh seems like it's not worth it, but I guess <laughs> this suspect's rolling the dice here to see what happens, but uh that's still uh, the the Tesla portion of this. It's pretty cool that a Tesla helped helped lead to a suspect arrest on this. Next up this week, Thank you to listener Steve McKeering for sending this one in. It's not a car story, but it is an interesting Tesla energy story. I know I have purposely said I don't generally cover the Tesla energy stuff too, too much, but I thought this was worth pointing out. This is, you know, it's half of what Tesla wants their business to be. I don't think that the energy side of the business is, is 50% of the Tesla business now, but at Battery Day, that's what Elon talked about as the goal. They They expect Tesla energy to... To, to account for about half of the business by the end of the decade. Anyway, a Tesla power pack battery has stepped in after a coal plant exploded in Australia. Steve pointed me to an article on Teslarati, which says, an explosion at the Calide Power Station, a coal-fired power plant in central Queensland, Australia, resulted in mass power outages from the New South Wales border to Cairns. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing, if it's Cairns or Carnes. Uh, more than 470,000 customers were affected, particularly as the explosion caused a cascading impact on the Queensland grid. The chaos created a frequency excursion that had to be immediately addressed. This was when the Hornsdale Power Reserve a massive Tesla power pack battery farm, what is, uh, as an aside, currently the largest one in the world, stepped in with its upgraded toolkit that was added when it was expanded into a 150 megawatt and 194 megawatt hour system 
the massive battery was able to immediately respond to the widespread power interruptions. As noted in a Renew Economy report, the Tesla Power Pack farm responded instantaneously as the frequency in the grid plunged to a low of 49.6 Hz before jumping to 50.1 Hz as load was lost. The battery accomplished this in but two seconds. But even more impressively, the two inverters of the Hornsdale Power Reserve that had been enabled with synthetic inertia features responded even more quickly, reaching peak output in about one third of a second before the rest of the battery. Uh, Neo and head of development Garth Heron proved optimistic about the Power Pack Farm's performance during Tuesday's event. Quote, this shows that the virtual inertia mode hopes to catch these things even earlier. This is the future, he said. So stories like this, not, it's, it's, I mean, you don't want to hear, it's not, it's not great to hear about a power plant explosion, a power outage. That's not great. But the effectiveness of the mega pack here is, is just laudable. It's very impressive. And, and really stories like this, not to make it so uh, mercenary-like, I don't mean this to sound that way, but stories like this will probably only help Tesla sell more of these mega pack installations. And as a result, further Tesla's mission, it'll, it'll, it'll kill off more of these coal-fired peaker plants and bring more clean energy solutions into existence. So cool stuff there. Next up this week, Tesla Motors Reddit user ChrisSugar21 posted a photo of his just-delivered Model Y this past week, which had a blank where the passenger, the front seat passenger lumbar adjustment button used to be the disc-shaped the round disc-shaped button, gone. In place of it, a blank. And other Redditors in that thread chimed in to note the same thing on their newly built, newly delivered Model Ys. Elon Musk later confirmed this on Twitter saying, quote, moving, uh, excuse me, moving lumbar was removed only in the front passenger seat of the three in the Y. Obviously it's not there in the rear seats. Logs showed almost no usage not worth the cost and mass for everyone when, when it was almost never used. Well, on the one hand, it's always a bummer to lose a feature. That's never, you know, that's, there's something there. Even if not a lot of people are using it, still, you know, it's, it's a bummer to lose a feature. And in fact, on that note, the Tesla design studio for the Model 3 and the Model Y now has been updated and just says, power adjustable heated front seats. There's nothing about lumbar, nothing, nothing like that. Now, on the other hand, if we're being honest, I would imagine that the passenger seat lumbar support probably didn't get used in most cars. I mean, it, it definitely didn't in mine because I'm actually not even sure my wife knows it's there. But, but then again, on the flip side of that, once again, using myself as an example, I do use my driver's seat lumbar but my logs would probably show that it, that it looks like I don't use it because I set it and forget it. It's gone. It's just set once and done, which I would suspect applies in a lot of cases to the, well, most cases to the passenger seat as well. If it's typically a spouse, significant other, that's, that's typically the person in that passenger seat. I mean, I would venture a guess, and it is just that, 
that your temporary riders, you know, if a friend jumps in to go to the movies with you or something, that they're probably not messing with the lumbar. And maybe that's Elon's point, that it's just not getting used enough. But I'll tell you with mine, I really do like it. So I'm glad it's not going away on the driver's seat. I have mine set to, I guess, what would we would refer to as maximum. Like it's it sticks out really pretty far. So it's going it's going into my back. It's really lumbar tastic in, in my driver's seat. But I like it that way. It's set it feels good. It makes me makes my back feel a little straighter. And I never adjust it. It's just it's set to where I like it and that's it. So that data that Elon is citing there, I'm it's I don't know quite what the right word is. I don't I don't think disingenuous is the word I'm looking for, but I mean, I think you get what I'm trying to say. I think it's maybe that information about about the passenger lumbar not being used much is is a little uh, not quite fair because again, it, if there is a, a frequent passenger front passenger seat like a you know spouse significant other, it's probably been set once like my driver's seat and never adjusted again. So in any case, there's all the analysis in the world is probably not going to bring it back. Uh, it is there no longer. And on that note, another person responded to Elon on this on Twitter and said, prices increasing due to major supply chain price pressure industry-wide, raw materials especially. The fact that you can view logs for passenger seat usage tells me you can have saved presets for passenger seats as well. Hopefully that's coming soon. And Elon responded, agreed. So we've heard about that feature before. It's been a long requested one. Hopefully now different passenger, front passenger seat profiles is something that's finally on the software team's radar and we will see it sooner rather than later. Next up this week, a voluntary Model 3 and Model Y recall, tip of the cap to listener Gary Eaves and listener Rome Strack, another longtime Patreon supporter, for brake caliper bolts. The report here comes via CNBC, who writes, Tesla is voluntarily recalling about 6,000 of its electric vehicles over concerns that their brake caliper bolts might loosen, which could potentially cause a loss of tire pressure and increase the risk of a crash, according to documents made public by the NHTSA. Cars that are part of the voluntary recall include certain 2019 to 2021 Model 3 vehicles, and 2020 and 2021 Model Y vehicles, which I guess is all the Model Ys, potentially, potentially. Tesla said it is not aware of any crash or injury resulting from the potential defect. It will inspect and tighten or replace the caliper bolts as necessary for free. Tesla said it was made aware of an issue in December of a field incident involving a 2021 Model Y with a missing fastener on the driver's side rear brake caliper. It has since taken measures to prevent the issue during assembly. Well, this sounds like nothing too serious. I mean, if n- nothing's gone wrong yet, that's a good sign. Certainly, after all, I mean, this is a voluntary recall. So clearly the NHTSA doesn't think it's serious enough to issue it as a mandatory recall. Still, you should probably check, go find out if your car is affected by inputting your full vehicle identification number, which you can find either at the base of your windshield or on the car's touchscreen, or probably most easily in the app. Just go down to the very bottom of the of the uh, app on, on the screen on your app. 
And that URL to go to is tesla.com slash vin recall search. And unfortunately, that's not the only recall to tell you about this week. There are two recalls that apply to Model 3 and Model Y vehicles, one being front seat belts not securely attached to B-pillar and seat belt retractor not securely attached. The seat belt retractor not securely attached applies to the retention system of the seat belts, which keeps passengers from flying forward in the event of an accident. This applies to 2019 to 2021 Model Ys, although that's wrong because there are no 2019 Model Ys. Anyway, and could affect one or both fasteners that secure the left and right second row seat belt retractors and states they may not be properly attached. And then the other one, front seat belts not securely attached to B-pillar, describes, quote, an improperly attached fastener may prevent the seat belt system from performing as designed, increasing the risk of injury, end quote. The B-pillar recall here applies to around 5,530 units, whereas the retractor recall only applies to 2,166 vehicles. So odds are very, very, very few of you out there will be affected by either one of these. Tesla told the NHTSA that it had not been made aware of any injuries or crashes related to the recalls, according to Reuters. Tesla said that this applies to certain 2018 to 2020 Model 3s, and again, certain of all of the Model Ys, but a pretty small pool. So same thing as the other one. Check your VIN, tesla.com slash VIN dash recall dash search. Finally this week, another thank you going out to Tesla Motors Reddit and user RealPokePop for spotting this one. We've got another massive supercharger expansion project that is happening in California. Now, to just go over the quick recap of this, because this is now turning into quite the impressive overall situation with regard to supercharging in California, particularly, specifically between Los Angeles and San Francisco. It started a few years ago with Kettleman City, the amazing Kettleman City and its private lounge and its 40 stalls. They were all V2 stalls when it first opened up because it predates the V3s. And they have since converted half of those to V3s. More recently, we've had Fireball open up and the 56 V3 stalls that are there. And if I didn't mention it last week, uh, I'll tell you real quick that you know I was just there on my way to and from, I think, Los Angeles to go see the Tesla Roadster. And there are, uh, I forget how many, but it's maybe like another six to eight just stall, just uh, spots that are clearly pre-wired. They're just these posts in the ground that are, that are clearly ready to go for more superchargers at that station. So, but 56 for now. And then remember very recently, Harris Ranch going further down Interstate 5 towards Los Angeles. That one's going up to 98 stalls. I talked about that a couple of podcasts ago with 80 of those being new V3s when that expansion is done. And now the subject in question this week, the new news, Tejon Ranch, which I have visited a few times during my travels, my couple of road trips over the past month. They are adding 56 V3 superchargers to the 24 V2s that are already there, sort of. 
The 56 stall edition here will not be on the same site as the existing 24. The 24 that are there now are on the west side of Interstate 5. These new ones are going to be in the outlet mall on the other side of I-5 over on the east side. And I presume that's just for space. I mean, that's the space they could get. So I, I guess they'll technically be two different stations, but it's effectively, it's still Tejon Ranch. It's still, you know, it's, it's effectively one supercharger. But the, the bottom line here, Tesla is seriously taking care of business with regard to California superchargers. I mean, this is wild, the expansion that they're doing. I mean, granted, the state does have one of the highest concentration of Teslas. I think I mentioned this on last week's show, maybe, or maybe it was the Patreon bonus mini episode that's up now, which I'll tell you about uh, in a few minutes. But the uh, even in my listenership, like I can drill into my metrics in the podcast, and it it goes in and shows where the downloads come from on both a country by country basis and a state by state basis. California is far and away. I, that's where the the plurality of my listeners are listening from is California, but um, there are plenty. I mean, Texas is another big one. I got a lot of Texas listeners out there, New York, uh, and then country-wise, UK, I think, is number two, and Canada is number three behind the United States. Anyway, that's about me, and you guys don't care about me, care about Tesla. Anyway, um, the California supercharger expansion, I mean, yes, California has the highest concentration of Teslas, And the LA-San Francisco corridor is definitely a busy one. But if you do the math here, just those four stations that I just talked about, that is 274 supercharger stalls with over 200 of them. If I have my math correct, it's 212 of those are V3s, which uh, means it will not matter if the station is packed. And there's one spot left. So you could just pull right in and it doesn't matter if somebody else is charging next to you. And by the way, I'm not even counting that. Again, that's four stall, that's four stations. I'm not even counting the other stations along that LA San Francisco I-5 corridor. There's Bakersfield, there's Buttonwillow, and up north towards San Francisco, there's Patterson, which is a nice I've I've hit that one a few times in the last few months. That one is a pretty new, I believe it's eight stalls and they're all V3. That's a great spot as well. So um, it is just awesome to see the, the I mean, what is what is effectively the exact I, prototype for what supercharging should look like everywhere and will look like everywhere in time. California is kind of the, this sort of setting the benchmark here which is great to see Tesla taking care of its home turf. And again, it's its busiest, most populous area. Now, speaking of the V3s on the supercharging side, that's something I was going to talk about after my recent road trips that I think I forgot to do. But I have realized, I mean, at the risk of stating the obvious, some of you are going to hear this and go, well, duh. But just after, after being out there and and using the car and driving it long distance on road trips, I have realized very clearly recently that the best thing about the V3 superchargers, in my opinion, isn't really the higher peak charging speed. It's not the 250 kilowatt peak charging speed. Sure, that's nice. Don't get me wrong. But the real 
coup de gras, the real just ultimate victory of the V3 superchargers is that they're not paired. You don't have to share juice with the person parking next to you. You can pull in, as I said, pull into a packed supercharging site. And if it's a V3 charger, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get the maximum charge rate. So even though the V3s, yes, they peak higher. They peak at 250 versus 150. But really, it's just in practice, it's it's more like, I mean, if you if you come to the same scenario, a packed V2 charger and a packed V3, you know, you're going to be getting up to that 250 kilowatt on that V3 that's packed. Whereas on that V2 charger, which Tejon has been packed the, the, the few times I've been through there recently, you, in my experience, you know, you'll get the short end of the stick on the, the paired superchargers, the paired circuit. And I might, you know, you might get 40, maybe 50 kilowatts for a while until the other person starts to taper down and you can taper up. So that's really the key difference to me. It's really not the peak charging speed. It's that they're not paired. Love it. Love the V3 chargers. All right, that will do it for this week in Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got plenty of your phone calls, excellent topics and questions coming up right after this in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you can call in with your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics. If you've got one of those, please call in with it. I would love to hear from you. Two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same question, comment, or discussion topic and just dial up the Ride the Lightning hotline and leave a message anytime, day or night. Toll-free number, it's 1-888-989-8752. If it's easier to remember this way, 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And as I teased a few moments ago, June's Patreon-only bonus mini-episode is out for those of you at the ludicrous tier or higher on my Patreon. But I want to list the callers that are featured on that. If you hear your name right here and you are not already backing me on Patreon at the aforementioned ludicrous tier, please drop me an email, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I will be happy to give you a download token for this episode so that you can hear your question and my response. So it's Kevin from Colorado, Dave from Yorktown, Marty, Andre from Norway, Kyle from Detroit, Adam from Portland, Louis, uh, Louis from Florida, Chris from Lamont, Illinois, Alex from Winter Garden, Florida, Julio from Madrid, Spain, Josh from Niagara Falls, Canada, Ken, and Crawford from Lexington. Thank you all so much for your calls. But for this week, let's kick it off with Bob from Austin. Hey, Ryan, Bob from Austin. Just in case you hadn't noticed today, the uh, bill for continuing the rebates on EVs was reported out of committee in the Senate, and the next step is a vote for the two full bodies. That's a major step. We're hoping for success. You'll want to look it up. 
but essentially it's a $10,000 rebate for Teslas and a $12,500 rebate for everybody else. And when you do your research, you'll see why. But that's good, good hot news. Thank you, Bob. Yes, I skipped this last week because quite honestly, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up. I figured I'd wait until it was done, if it gets done, or it gets like legitimately really close. Hopefully this one will though. I mean, it's, I wouldn't quite classify it as on the doorstep or imminent just yet, but uh, now that we are talking about it, it is, let's just go through the highlights. It's the Clean Energy for America bill proposed by Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow. And for those wondering what Bob was alluding to there about the you'll see why the Tesla credit is less. The reason for that is because the credit is made up of chunks. You get a $7,500 credit for any EV period. Another $2,500 on top of that, if that electric vehicle is built in the United States, and then a final $2,500 on top of that for an EV built by unionized labor, and Tesla, of course, is not unionized. Quote, we picked a winner and they won a hundred years ago. Now we're just trying to level the playing field, said Senator Stabenow. Uh, also, there would be no production cap on this. That means it would remain in effect for three years. Or I guess if other politicians took power and decided to willfully get rid of it. But uh, better yet, it would last until uh, three years or the other condition stipulated here in the bill as currently proposed. It would last until 50% of U.S. passenger vehicle sales are electric vehicles. So here is hoping that this one does make it to the president's desk for a signature, but we're not quite there yet. We are not to that point. So we'll see. I'll be. I'll keep an eye on this one. Next up, Fred from Pleasant Plymouth, Minnesota. Go ahead, Fred. Hey, Ryan, this is Fred from Pleasant, Plymouth, Minnesota. Best wishes and good health to you, Daisy, and the entire McCaffrey household. I'm calling in response to caller Chris from Arizona, who wished that Tesla would come up with some additional custom colors occasionally. An idea formed for when I add a Model Y 2.0 to my Tesla stable. My idea is that I would order the vehicle in the standard color and then have the body completely wrapped in a custom color vinyl wrap. My theory is that I would reduce the cost of my Tesla, protect the paint, and have a custom colored vehicle. I know there would be some additional costs such as an additional charge for the custom vinyl and changing the color on my registration, but I would like some additional opinions on this. Maybe Jeff from Immaculate Reflections has some insights as to cost, durability, and feasibility. Maybe you could even have a canary yellow or titanium metal flake roadster in your future. Anyway, thanks for all you do and keep it up. Fred, thank you so much for calling in. A custom wrap in matte or metallic is absolutely one way that you could go. In fact, some of these wrap materials now have gotten so good that they genuinely completely look like paint. They will fool you absolutely. They fool me. My general understanding of wraps, uh, of the, the proper full car wrap, is that they don't last forever. That apparently they last for a handful of years. But you're right in that it would certainly have the secondary benefit of protecting the paint in addition to giving you that unique Tesla in the exact color that you want. I believe pricing really varies depending on the detailer and depending on the region you live in. 
I've heard, and again, this is just secondhand, you know, reading forum threads over the years, that the, a good full wrap is anywhere from three to $5,000, but please don't quote me on that. You know, it's definitely worth considering for giving your car a, a nice personalized color on the outside, plus, uh, you know, the because <laughs> it's that, or there's what Tesla gives you, which is basically two colors plus three shades of grayscale. And that's basically what we're down to from Tesla at this point. You got black, you got white, you've got the midnight silver metallic, which is a shade of gray, and then you have your blue and your red. So uh, yeah, a full wrap could be a way to go. Even uh, you don't have to do necessarily a matte or a vinyl thing. You could do a metallic wrap to make it look like paint. Amr from Naperville is up next. Hi, Ryan. This is Amr from Naperville calling. This is the uh, first time calling in, but I've been listening since around 185. You're doing a fantastic job, so keep up the great work. I've been a fan of Tesla since around 2009 and have been obsessively following them since around 2012. But I've only recently become an owner around the beginning of the year when I was blessed to finally be able to get my Model 3 performance. I absolutely love it. It's been amazing. Uh, I did just recently have an issue, though. Uh, I had created all my profiles and everything, and uh, unfortunately, when I got in my car yesterday, there apparently had been a software update which caused a factory reset, so I lost everything. Uh, I tried to see if I could find any way online, if there's anyone that knows how to recover it, but I wasn't able to see anything, and uh, apparently this has happened to other people in the past as well. I think it would be great if Tesla would have a backup to the profiles on the USB flash drive because when I created all my new uh, profiles and created the settings again, um, I looked at and the dash cam footage, of course, was still there because that's on an external device. Uh, unfortunately, everything else, though, was lost. It, it is a little bit of a first world problem, and yes, it, you know, only took about 20 to 30 minutes, but it is honestly annoying. Uh, I know that there's been talk about getting this also uh, at an online backup, and I think that would be great, but it should be a pretty easy fix, I would think, to have it backed up to the USB. Anyway, thank you so much for your great work. Give Daisy a pat for me. Sorry for mispronouncing Naperville there. Anyway, Amr, welcome to the owner's family. You know, it sounds like you followed a fairly similar road as I did. You were a Tesla fan for many years, and then you finally made your dream come true with a Performance Model 3. I love it. I have had a blast following that road myself, and I hope you do too. One stab of the accelerator in a Performance Model 3, as, as I'm sure you're finding, it is a cure for any bad mood instantaneously. It's just an instant effect. Uh, anyway, the good news is that Elon has said, and our white hat hacker friend Green the Only has found evidence, that cloud-based profiles are in the works. So when that rolls out, in fact, I wonder if the cloud-based profiles will come, will also bring the passenger seat profile that Elon was tweeting about that I talked about earlier in the podcast, and something to keep an eye on there. That would make sense to pair those together. Anyway, when that rolls out, uh, you'll just be able to get your profile settings from the cloud if something like this were to happen to you again. That said, I do think that your idea to have a local backup via a USB drive is, is a great idea that seems totally doable, and I'd love to see Tesla do it. Why not? 
I am happy to put it out there in the hopes that the Tesla team hears you. Cheers, Amr. Thank you so much. Jason from Ottawa is up next. Hey, Ryan. It's Jason from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Um, on the topic of the uh, radar being removed from the active sensors, um, what's going to happen to my uh, forward sensor when I'm, say, parking? Um, I kind of you. I, I kind of use that sensor when I'm coming up to a parking bollard, and uh, I, I, it lets me know how far away I am from it, so that I don't scrape my front uh, bumper. Um, what's what's going to? I don't think Tesla Vision, because the camera is up in the dash. Uh, how is it going to know how far you are away from those bumps? Anyways, uh, love the show as always. Uh, thanks. Keep it up. Bye for now. Hey, Jason, good news. Those will all still work. Those short range measurements are handled by the parking sensors that are all around the car. There are six of them on your front bumper, or I guess four if you don't want to count the two that are on the front edge of the front wheel wells. But now that you mention it, I'd really like to see an additional camera on the front of the cars on the front bumper for the exact reason that you mentioned. It would really help knowing if you're going to clear the parking space curb as you're pulling into a spot. I get crazy about that all the time in my Model 3. And and by the way, before anyone calls in or emails, I know, I know it's better to back in if you can. But with angled spots that in some cases are in one-way lanes, you can't always do that. Anyway, uh, Jason, I hope that helps alleviate that concern. And thank you so much for calling in. Jamie from Knoxville is up next. Hey, Ryan. This is Jamie from Knoxville, Tennessee. I thought I'd share our recent experiences in a trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina in our Model 3. We arrived at Hilton Head with around 65 miles of range. There's a supercharger there where we plan to charge, but to our surprise, the supercharger was completely down. Apparently, a semi had backed into one of the chargers and taken the entire system down. So now we had to figure out how to use destination chargers for the first time. Many of the chargers were at resorts, and we were not sure if we would be allowed to use them. We went to one resort and were told that we would have to pay a $15 valet fee to park where the chargers were located. So I called Tesla, and they recommended we use the PlugShare app, which was more helpful. We found a charger about a mile away, and I drove the car there the next morning and Ubered back to our condo. It charged at about 23 miles of range per hour, so we left the car there until that evening, which gave us enough charge to breathe easier. When I got in the car the next morning, I found I'd lost 25 miles of range overnight. Just before I left the car the previous evening, I had used the navigation to find the supercharger and check its status and had, a f- had failed to cancel the navigation. I assumed the car was conditioning the battery overnight and that had consumed the energy. The next day, we found the supercharger was back online and we could relax and not worry about charging anymore. Thanks for the podcast, Ryan. Thank you for sharing your experience, Jamie. I think the lesson here to pass along to people is to buy a couple of the most common charging cable adapters for road trips in case you happen to run into anything like this. And also, make sure to bring your mobile charging connector with you when you're on a trip. Mine always lives in my bottom trunk well for this exact reason. Now, I'm very lucky in that when I took delivery of my car three years ago now, 
Tesla at that point in time included a J1772 adapter and a NEMA 1450 adapter with the car along with a 110 volt adapter as which is that is the actual bare minimum and that's what they're still including with the cars now but I have since bought a 1530 adapter which is the dryer plug which is what I use when I'm at my parents house in Arizona because the, their their laundry room is right off the, the garage, so it's easy to run the cable. If I back the car in, it's right there, so it's nice and convenient for me. But uh, on the road, you're most likely to run into a J1772 at a public charger or a NEMA 1450 potentially at a destination charger, unless, of course, the destination charger is a Tesla wall connector, in which case you won't need any of the equipment. But anyway... Uh, those adapters that I just mentioned, they don't take up much space. They all fit into my mobile charging connector bag where they just live in my bottom trunk well all the time. So I definitely recommend them to anyone. It's a small investment, but I think it's worth having. So you're pretty much covered on any of the major potential charging scenarios that you might find yourself in. Two more calls coming up on this week's show, and they are both about the Cybertruck. Kemp from Sacramento is up first. Hey, Ryan, this is Kemp from Sacramento and love the show. Um, just something I was thinking about. I don't know if anyone else has brought this up, but we know that SpaceX has been selected as the lunar lander by NASA. And that starship is pretty big. So could you see maybe not the first flight, but maybe a couple of flights from that, that we might one day see the Cybertruck uh, rolling off the starship onto the lunar surface and bouncing around. That would be like marketing that no other car company could ever attain to. Ford would be, well, they would be quite jealous, I would say. We've already seen Elon do this with the Roadster on the Falcon Heavy. So this really makes sense to me. Um, I know I'm simplifying things too much here, but to me, it, that would just be an incredible marketing tool that uh, I'm sure this would have also entered Elon's mind at some point, too. So anyway, just fun to think about and uh, hope you're doing good. And like I said, love the show. Keep up the great work. Take care. Hey, Kemp, thank you for calling in. You know, you mentioned the Falcon Heavy test flight launching the original Roadster into space. And I agree, putting a Cybertruck on the moon would dwarf that in terms of uh, being a level of advertising that money simply cannot buy. But yeah, a, a modified Cybertruck that could withstand the extreme temperature shifts on the moon, on, the, on both the inside and outside of the truck, I absolutely think that it could happen at some point. And you are right that I would not put it past Elon to do it. I mean, you'd want equipment that you can trust if you're going to be working on the moon. And who would know the Cybertruck and its capabilities and features better than Elon Musk? And also, think of all of the custom license plates that it would spawn on the Cybertrucks back here on Earth. You could get Moon Truck, like M-O-O-N-T-R-K, To Da Moon, Moon Walk, W-L-K. You could do all kinds of fun license plates on Cybertrucks. Uh, back here on terra firma. But thanks, Kemp. Appreciate the call. Finally this week, last but certainly not least, is Tony from Lincoln, who has a Cybertruck reservation. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, Ryan. This is uh, Tony from Lincoln. 
I'm a very early Cybertruck reservation holder and was wondering if you had any insight into how Tesla determines its rollout. I assume the states with ZEV credits get first priority, but do you know if there are any other factors that determine on how they roll out the uh, new vehicles? Thanks for the uh, answer in advance and uh, look forward to hearing it on the show. Tony, thanks for calling in. Honestly, Tesla has evolved that process so much and so quickly just since the Model 3 rollout that I went through that I'm not even sure that I can give you a good answer here. But what I would say is that if the other car launches have one thing in common, it's that the deliveries do tend to start close to the mothership. So in the Cybertruck's case, they might start in Texas, which could benefit you in Lincoln, uh, so that they can keep an eye on that first batch of production vehicles, just in case any issues creep up. I mean, California could still also be a good bet, since Tesla has a lot of their resources here, as well as quite frankly, a lot of their customers and customer service infrastructure, i.e. the service centers also. So the good news is we should find out in less than a year if all goes well. Hope you get your Cybertruck soon, Tony. Thanks so much for calling in. And thanks to everybody who took the time to call in. I would love to hear from you again. I think the callers make this podcast so much better. I love hearing all the different voices and perspectives. So give me a call if you want to talk anything about Tesla, question, comment, discussion topic. I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment. Stick with me, though. I'm not quite done. I've got your pro tip of the week and a little bit more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. As Daisy the Boxer's eyes start to close for the night, I'll tell you about what I've been up to with my car, which is simply, I guess you could call it a spring cleaning. Since I've had those two road trips recently, there's just all kinds of dust and dirt (laughs) up and under all kinds of things. So I cleaned everything. I did the outside of the car, the tires, the wheels, the inside glass, even on the ceiling, which I don't usually do because I just try not to touch it and fingerprint it. I vacuumed the floors and the seats. I I cleaned the seats. It was great. It took a while, but man, it feels good when it's done. So it's uh, nice to have a clean car again. Uh, As for an entertainment recommendation of the week, I'll give you one. This one is a for adults only, not a family friendly one on this one, but the movie Nobody, which came out in theaters in, I think, March, but that was still before anybody was really going to theaters. And then I think... 45 days later or something, it came to uh, On Demand, which is where I watched it. Well worth the 20 bucks. Bob Odenkirk in Nobody. I think I liked it. Like, I really enjoyed John Wick. That was a super fun. All three of them have been super fun action movies. I think I might have enjoyed Nobody even more. Like, not to put John Wick down. It's fun. But man, nobody was excellent. That's that's probably the most fun I've had watching a movie in quite a while. So definitely recommended there. How about a pro tip of the week? It comes to us from Justin in Vancouver, Washington. Hey, Ryan. This is Justin from Vancouver, Washington, again with another pro tip for you. If you're tired of having the sun glaring in your eyes when you're in front of the line looking at the red light waiting for it to change... Put your visor down and look at your screen if you got the hardware three. 
wait for the light to turn green on your screen so you're not staring into the sunlight. Thanks for the great podcast. Love the show. Bye. Thanks, Justin. I've played this one before, but it's one of those top five tips, in my opinion, that's so exceptionally useful that I am happy to play it again every once in a blue moon for any new listeners slash new owners out there. I appreciate you calling in. This one comes in handy very frequently. Thanks, Justin. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something interesting about the car that's uh, you know not obvious, not covered in the manual, please call in with it and share it with your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts. Before I go, I want to mention some friends of the podcast. Uh, first up, how about my friends at Jada? They've got a new product launch. It is an all-in-one, basically everything. The Jada USB Hub Console. It is a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple Watch charger, and AirPod charger, all in one. Check that out. Uh, alongside, they of course have the Jada wireless charging pad, my current favorite, still my favorite product from them. If your Tesla doesn't already have a built-in wireless charging pad as the newest ones do. But either way, if you'd like to check out the new, brand new USB hub console or grab a wireless charging pad, you can do so at my referral link. Please use this if you wouldn't mind because uh, just full transparency, they'll kick me a few bucks from the sale if you buy through my link. And that link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And as usual, there is a nice little discount waiting for you if you use the coupon code RTL. So if you do me the favor of visiting them through my referral link that I just gave you, I'll pay that that generosity back by giving you a discount coupon code, which again is RTL. Meanwhile, don't forget about abstractocean.com, your home for all of the coolest and best aftermarket accessories for your Tesla. Just go there. It is the virtual Costco of Tesla aftermarket accessories. All kinds of stuff from the tempered glass screen protectors that are custom fit for the three and the Y screen to the rear footwell lighting kit to the center console wraps that are uh, that'll help you avoid any fingerprints or scratches that the default glossy piano black one seems to be, you know, just drawn to, to fingerprints and scratches, unfortunately. So check them out, abstractocean.com. And there the coupon code is RTL podcast, all one word, and that will get you 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, there is the snap plate. You can find that at everyamp.com slash RTL, everyamp.com slash RTL. And they've got a new product as well, the snap plate for the original Model S with the nose cone. So those of you with that car, they tell me that it is an all new design that works with the very different front grille, and they are the only removable license plate option for the original S. They've also made some other tweaks as well, so check them out at everyamp.com RTL. And then of course, Immaculate Reflections, if you and preferably your car with you are going to be or live in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, irdetailing.com. That's the website. Get booked in with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. He will take such beautiful care of your car, whether you want to do uh, ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years. Maybe you want to do 
paint protection film on at least the front part of the car, help keep that paint looking pristine from the inevitable rock chips and road debris that come at you. Or uh, maybe you wanna do paint correction and really perfect the paint as much as you possibly can, which Jeff can take out all kinds of little imperfections and things that, uh, that it, boy, when you see a car that's been paint corrected, it's, it's pretty obvious. He, and he is just a wonderfully talented detailer and a wonderful person as well. So again, irdetailing.com there. If you mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, there is a discount waiting for you. And finally, don't forget about puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your sentry mode and dash cam needs. Just go there, puretesla.com slash RTL, because 49 bucks will get you free shipping anywhere in the US, and the kit will just come pre-formatted, ready to go. You just take it out of the package, pop it straight into your Tesla, and that's it, you're done. You've now got sentry mode and a dash cam in a very reliable package that's gonna just work and work and work reliably for the long term. So check that out. And that'll bring me to saying thank you to all of the high level Patreon supporters, starting with the newest Maximum Plaid backer, Chris Beach. Chris, thank you so much for upgrading your pledge. You've been kindly backing me for a while. I appreciate you jumping up to the Maximum Plaid tier. I look forward to speaking speaking with you and the rest of the group at the monthly Patreon Google Hangouts that are the, that the Maximum Plaid folks are invited to every month. We've been having a great time at those every single month. It's usually, well, it is it is an hour. I was going to say it's sometimes more, but I'm trying to be better about respecting everybody's time. But in any case, uh, the Maximum Plaid folks are invited to that every month. But anyone who either makes a pledge or upgrades their pledge in any way gets a one-time welcome invitation to whatever the next uh, Google Hangout is. So I look forward to seeing a bunch of you at that. Well, as a lot of you hear this today. Uh, So that's the, because the next one happens this weekend on June 6th. So looking forward to that. And then the rest of the Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Jackson Wallace, Charles Galpin, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, MT, Will Stedman, Tyler Smith, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, and Jeremy Harris. Thanks to all of you. The Roadster in Space tier backers, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, and Neil Weaver. And then let's not forget about the plaid level, folks. Love all of you as well. Thank you so much. George Cassioppo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, 
Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla Owners Club of the East Bay here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Joshua Walker, and Rick Dean. Thanks to all of you for your continued and very generous Patreon support. Well, that will do it for Ride the Lightning episode 305. I hope all of you have a wonderful week. It's going to be a busy one in my world, the video game world. Our uh, our virtual E3, which is our sort of big conference, annual conference of the year that we didn't have last year for obvious pandemic reasons, is happening in a strange virtual form this year. I look forward to getting back to hopefully real life on that in 2022. But for now, There's a lot of video game stuff to cover. So if you are a video game fan, join us over on IGN.com all next weekend, particularly the uh, Microsoft Xbox press conference with Bethesda now, of course, is going to be next Sunday, June 13th. So anyway, uh, for a now sleeping Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 305. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all again, same time, same day, next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.